today's reading is taken from John chapter 5, verses 1 to 15. It can be found on page 1068 in the Church Bibles. That's 1068. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralysed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. Thanks be to God for this reading. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this reading. Thank you for the time that we have now to look at it together. And as we come to study your word together, we pray that by your spirit, you may speak into our hearts. Say what you want to say to us, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So Steph has already thought with us this morning that little bit about that final word up there, expectation or expectations. We saw some of those videos, didn't we, of what happened next. And for some of us, we really had an idea of what was going to happen. Some of us were right. For others of us, though, we could really never have expected what was going to happen. It was good to see some of those who would not seen that video, the panda sneezing, catch it for the first time. It brought a smile to their face. They, didn't really sure, they weren't sure what was going to happen. And in our Bible reading, we have a man whose way of life had been the same for 38 years. This man, as it's described, was an invalid. He could not walk. And he probably knew what to expect a little bit about Jesus. He might have heard something about Jesus. But from that day, the day we read about in our passage, this man had an encounter with Jesus that transformed him. As we spend time looking at this event this morning, I want to think about these three words. Hope, desire, and expectations. Hope, desire, and and expectations. We're going to start by thinking about hope. I want to ask that question, what do we hope for? Some of the younger people perhaps amongst us. What might you hope might happen in the next few weeks? Something that might you hope might happen to you? Any questions? Any thoughts? Come on, anyone who has some thoughts about what they might hope might happen? There's a hand out there. Reuben, what do you think you might hope for? Getting a Getting a Freddo. <laughs> what were you going to say, Matthew? Coping getting a Freddo? 
It's the treasurer in this morning. I don't think it's treasurer. It's the treasurer not here. It's not here. And you see, we've got cutbacks, haven't we? The treasure's not here. Fantastic. Excellent. Right, I have the Freddos ready. Let's see. We hope for some Freddos. Anything else we might hope for? More Freddos, possibly. Yeah, or else? <laughs> not after last time, Caleb. Carry on. You hope to win a game. That's brilliant. That's a good one. You hope to win it a game. What in the back row? What do you hope for? Oh, you're stretching. That's fine. Hope this weather might stay on for a little bit longer. Yeah? All this weather to stay around. But it's interesting. When we use that word hope, often we use it in our language as like a wish. Yeah? We wish that that weather's going to stay the same. We wish that we're going to get our hands on some chocolate. Yeah? We wish we're going to win that game. There's absolutely no certainty when we say that word hope, when we use it in everyday language. But when we come to matters of faith, when we talk about our faith, we talk about Jesus being our hope. And in 1 Timothy, Paul says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. We often sing, don't we? In Christ alone, our hope is found. We've just sung those words in that song. My hope is built on nothing less. See, the way we often talk about hope what it means we want something without any certainty. Something that we're going to get. We have to do something like, you know, we want chocolate or we want that game. But the Greek word that talks about hope in the Bible, I believe, is something called elpis. Okay? It's a word that's a conviction. It's going to be. And Tim Keller, writing about this, says, Christian hope is not a hopeful wish. It's not some wish. It is a hope-filled certainty. So as we come to look at this hope, this morning we want to think of the hope that something that's certain, something we can really trust in. Come back to that question, where do we place our hope? You see, Jesus goes into Jerusalem. Why did he go into Jerusalem? Can anyone remember from the reading? Why did Jesus go into Jerusalem? Sorry, Nadia? Fantastic. That is the first one of the morning. Nadia, catch. Brilliant. He goes in because it's the first one of the festivals. You see, we've we've seen Jesus before, haven't we? Performing miracles at times of Jewish festivals. He changed that water into wine. But this time we're not really told which Jewish festival. We don't really know. But perhaps some of the reaction later of the Jewish leaders that we see over this whole what's going on, it should come as no surprise when Jesus is doing this at a time on a Sabbath, but also at a time of a big Jewish festival. And we see that man, that invalid, who is described there in verse 5, is the man who we first meet at the pool of Bethsaida. And the video earlier describes why many people came to that pool. That pool there, as you can see in that little map, top right-hand corner of that map, the pool of Bethsaida, was inside the city of Jerusalem. And some archaeologists in that little picture there just think that's roughly now where they think the pool of Bethsaida was inside the city of Jerusalem. And many of these blind, lame, paralyzed people were there. Well, why were they there? Joshua, why were the people there? Why were the people at the pool? Brilliant. Fantastic. Second one. So you believe there are healing powers. They thought the occasional times when the pool would bubble up and then people would go into the water in the hope that it would heal them. See, for most of those people, they would put their hope in that pool, the pool of the water to heal them. 
That invalid was exactly the same. He'd been there for a long time and he hoped that this pool would eventually heal him. But he placed his hopes in the wrong place. It was not going to be the pool that was going to heal him. Reuben, it was going to be... Spot on. There we go. It wasn't going to be the pool that was going to heal him. It was going to be Jesus. But also look at those Jewish leaders who encounter after that man who's been healed. They have their hopes in the wrong place. They are hoping that as long as they carry out the law, then things are going to be okay. As long as we follow the law, the Ten Commandments, we stick to these rules, they're going to be all right. And we see they're quick to point out to this man what he's doing, picking up that mat and walking along. It's not allowed by the law. He's not following the Jewish law. But see, by putting all their hopes in the law, putting their hopes again in the wrong place, they're missing what God is doing in front of them. I don't know about you, but if I encounter somewhere that that's happened to, I go, wow, what's happened to you? Isn't that amazing? But we don't see any of that from the Jewish leaders. It stops them from seeing the difference that Jesus has made to this paralyzed man. See, with Jesus, there is hope, a certainty of a different way of life. That man placed his hopes in the pool. The Jewish leaders placed their hope in the law. We need to put our hope in Jesus. That's certainty. Secondly, desire. What is desire? What's desire? Oh, there's a hand there. Go on. So I'm going to come and look at it quite here. Catch it again. When you really want something, like some chocolate. Fantastic, there you are. When you really desperately want something, desire is about really wanting something. Okay. <laughs> this is the point. In a minute, I need four people to come and be part of a Freddo auction. I have one Freddo here. Okay, I will give this Freddo to one people who can come and tell me the best reason why I should give them this Freddo. Okay, perhaps they could do something. So if they go on this Friday, they can think of the best thing. Can I have four people then? They're going to say, Matthew, do you want to come out with mummy and think you can come and earn me a Friday? Come on then. You can come out. It's another purpose that wants to come out and see if they can earn a Friday. Come and tell me a reason why they think they deserve this Friday. And I will choose the best one. Jess, you think you can come out and come and tell me then? Um, two others. Come on then. Go on then, Pat, your hand turn up. Oh. Okay. Can I go to this one, John, for a minute? Is that all right? So we can have their reasons. Okay. There is only one Freddo. Okay? Only one Freddo. So you've got to make the reason really good. Okay? Why should I give this? Okay. Matthew and Charlie, what are we going to come up with? God? Why should I give you this chocolate? He got a star at Play School for tidying up. He got a star at Play School for tidying up. I tell you three, you've got to work hard. You've got to work hard. Right, Joshua, what do you think? Why should I give it? Um, for believing in God. Oh! What? <laughs> Jess's mind's working, you can see. We've got a tidying up, you've got to admit, a star at play school for tidying up, Jess. Oh, one reason, it's tricky, because I do so many great things all the time. Um, I do a great thing to do this. Um, because 
I am a woman of God who is reflecting his power onto you by singing. Okay. <laughs> the door's open, Pat. Do you want the door? I mean, yeah. Okay, Pat, here we go. You should give me the Freddo because as a diabetic, I shouldn't eat it anyway, so I would sacrificially give it away to somebody else. What do you think, Steph? Josh has already had one, yeah. Matthew's done very well with the place, girl. What do we think? If I give it to Pat, you can give it to him. Oh. Okay. Seeing as, um, seeing as the treasure is not in, shall I give them all one? Okay. There we go. There you go. Well done. Fantastic. There you go. Go sit down. Perhaps you might share it if you give it to someone else. There we are. Perfect. Off you go. See that whole idea of desire? It's a strong want for something, a desire to do something. There, people show me their real desire, just give me the reasons why they should have that freedom, why they really want it, what are some of those reasons behind it. And Jesus in our passage this morning questions that man's desire to get better. He says that, well, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Do you really desire this? See, that man's been that way for 38 years. It could be that he's accepted, you know what, this is just my way of life. This is the way it should be. This is all there is. And he explains to Jesus how he's tried, but there's others who's quicker to get to the pool than him. And rather than help him, they leave him there behind. See, Jesus really wants to see his desire to get well. And Jesus can see that man's desire to change, and that transformation occurs. But that's a real contrast to those Jewish leaders again, who we see right at the very end of the passage. See, the Jewish leaders desire to keep up the law at all costs. They missed the marvellous news that this man had been healed. There was no amazement. There was no, how did you do that? They simply want to know, well, who told you to carry that mat? And later they're told it's Jesus. Right at the very end, just after this passage, because they find out that Jesus has been healing on the Sabbath, it says this, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. They have no desire to understand what Jesus is doing, to allow themselves to be transformed or changed by what's happened in front of them. They simply desire to keep things the way they've always been, to follow that law, to stick to it and keep things the same way. Wonder about our desire. What do we desire Jesus to do for us? And then finally, expectations. See, we've already thought this morning about how things happen that we don't quite expect. For this man, he'd never expected Jesus to say to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And for someone who's been paralyzed for 38 years, I'm sure he didn't think that he'd be able to. Like, if someone says those words to you, what do you mean, get up and walk? I've been here for this time, it can't happen. And yet when Jesus says those words, we see at once the man was cured. There's an instant transformation. The man was able to walk again. It was such a dramatic transformation But he doesn't even stop to think about who Jesus is or finding out 
Jesus is able to slip off into the crowds because this man's going, wow, what's what's going on? He misses who Jesus is. And what about the Jewish leaders? Well, first, they didn't expect to see this man walking along carrying his mat. Why? Because it was the Sabbath. And we know that Sabbath was a day of rest coming from that idea back in Genesis that God worked for six days and rested on the Sabbath, on the seventh, seventh day. And Moses, in the Tenth Commandments, told God to keep the Sabbath day. And also Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. Again, it's a day of rest. The Jewish leaders couldn't cope with the fact that Jesus had been healing on a day of rest. He's not meeting their expectations. What a contrast in the way that the two people, two different groups, experience Jesus. The man who's totally transformed, and the Jewish leaders who think it's against their keen understanding of how things should be. So what about us? Where do we place our hopes? Do we put them in that certainty of Jesus, or do we put them somewhere else? What do we desire Jesus to do for us? And what are our expectations of Jesus? As I was preparing, I thought how, as a church community, last week we took a step forward in faith to begin that process to, build, to purchase the orchards here. And that require us not to put our hopes in a building, but to put our hopes in Jesus. It will ask each one of us, do we really desire to see God's kingdom built in this place? What do we expect of Jesus? I already was amazed. I really sat there powerfully last week hearing those stories of how God had exceeded the possibilities of what could happen with this place already. Could we see more of that again? But I know this morning there's, there's things we can think about as a church community. Each of us come with our own individual situations. All those difficulties, all those circumstances that we're going through. Do we place our hope in Jesus, that real certainty? Or do sometimes we find ourselves putting our hope and trust in something else? What do we want Jesus to do for us? What do we desire for him to do for us? Do we desire for him to work through us and put our real confidence in him? And what are our expectations of him this day? As we come to this morning, we saw the difference Jesus made to this invalid, this man at this pool of Bethesda. What difference does Jesus want to make to each of us? In a moment, we're going to worship, and there's going to be a chance for us to respond. This is the place, this is where I place my hope in you. This is what I place my hope in you for, Jesus, to make a difference. This is my desire. Amen.